Well, I do want to invite you to open up your Bibles, if you would, to Psalm 100. Um, we have been, a, we've been in a series in John, and, and, and actually we, we have one more uh, message in, Psalm, or in John chapter 21 of the encounter, Encounters with Jesus um, series that we've been in, but I, th- I, th- I thought that since we're, since uh, we have this, uh, just to kind of focus on Thanksgiving a little bit this week, and I uh, want to just uh, really uh, invite you just to listen, kind of the, listen as we read from this song, or as I read from this song, Psalm 100. It's, a, it's an amazing one. I'm sure that most of us are familiar with this psalm. If not, hopefully we can get familiar with it, right? Uh, The psalmist says, Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. For the Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness through, continues through all generations. I think you said, Carol, that that's the one that you think of when you think of Thanksgiving. I, I really believe that we are a blessed people, that we are a blessed nation that has certainly been blessed by God. And, and of all of those who give thanks to Him and praise His name, I, you know, we should be at the top. Um, it's not really uncommon to put together a wish list at Christmas time or to draw upon uh, to draw up uh, some sort of a list of, of some resolutions for New Year's. And, and yet there's this other list I think that sometimes we overlook, a, a, Thanksgiving, a Thanksgiving Day list that everyone uh, can uh, maybe put together just to, to share some of the things that they're thankful for. And let me just uh, read a part of, of the list that several housewives compiled. They wrote that they were especially thankful for these things. For automatic dishwashers, because they make it possible for us to get out of the kitchen before the family comes back in for after-dinner snacks. For husbands who attack small repair jobs around the house because they usually make them big enough to call in the professionals. (laughs) Um, For children who put away their things and clean up after themselves, they're such a joy, you hate to see them go home to their own parents. (laughs) For teenagers, because they give parents an opportunity to learn a second language. I don't know what that's like. Uh, For smoke alarms, because they let you know when the turkey's done. You know, our list probably wouldn't be the same as theirs. There's others I won't read. I won't go on much more. But I'm really convinced that if we began to make a list, that we would find uh, that we have so much more to uh, to be thankful for than just our material possessions. Like, I'm, like you, I'm sure that my list would include things like health and family and friends and in the nation that we live in and despite its flaws. But I think even more than that, I am, I am so thankful for things like my salvation. I'm thankful for all of you, my church family, and the mercy that God pours out upon us every single day. With Jesus, we have so many reasons to celebrate, I think, on Thanksgiving. I think Thanksgiving Day is a distinctive holiday doesn't commemorate a, ball- uh, a battle. It doesn't uh, commemorate anyone's birthday or anniversary, but it's simply a day set aside to express our thanks as a nation to God, believe it or not. 
1789, George Washington made this pro public proclamation. This is just kind of an abbreviated version of that. By the President of the United States of America, a proclamation. Whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits, and humbly to implore His protection and favor. And whereas both houses of Congress, did you hear that? Both houses of Congress, have by their joint committee requested me to recommend by, to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many signal favors of Almighty God. Now, therefore, I do recommend the, and assign Thursday, the 26th of November next, to be devoted by the people of, the, these, uh, uh, of these states to the service of that great and glorious being who is the benef beneficent uh, author of all the good that was, that is, or that will be. And the article goes, or the proclamation goes on a little bit further. But so read the very first Thanksgiving proclamation. And this week our nation will pause once again to give thanks. And you think that because of the example of our forefathers and because that we have so much today that we will be extremely thankful people. You know, oftentimes, though, I think that it's just right, it's maybe just the opposite, isn't it? The more that we get, the less thankful we become. Uh, the less mindful of God that we become, the more we want. Um, but I think that this psalm, the Psalm 100, was written to deal with that sort of an attitude to, to remind us of our need to be thankful and to maintain that attitude, if you will, of, of gratitude. Um, the psalm, 100th Psalm was written for the people of Israel, by the way. And God said to them, here's what He said. He said, when you come into that promised land, when you settle down into your warm homes, when you have plenty to eat, he just said, don't forget me. I led you out into the wilderness and I brought you into a land that's flowing with milk and honey. But it doesn't take us very long to realize that the people of Israel, they needed a reminder, and I believe that we need it too. Maybe God had in us in mind as well when this psalm was written. I mean, notice who it's addressed to. The very first verse says that it's addressed to all the earth. And the last verse says that it includes all generations. This Thanksgiving message, I think, is so deep and so wide that it applies to every person in every generation in every stage of life. It's interesting to me that America is the only country in the world, except for Canada, actually, that has a Thanksgiving Day, to my knowledge. I wonder how a world would be changed if suddenly our nations would begin to observe a day of thanksgiving. I think that, I think that there's something about giving thanks together to God. I think that there's something about that that breaks down some barriers between people and brings about unity. I also think that there's a real danger during this time if we determine that our thanksgiving uh, if we determine whether we should be thankful or not, is solely based upon how much we have. That's usually what we think, don't we? Thankful for all the stuff that I have. Do I have enough turkey to gorge myself on sufficiently? Is my money, money in the bank secure? or Am I healthy? And, and we let these things kind of determine whether or not we're thankful or, or not. But the psalmist says that all of these things may change at any time. 
They may drift away. They may burn up or someone may steal them. The only thing that we have for sure is the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ, with our Lord. And that's, I think, what the 100th Psalm emphasizes. If you, if you just scan through that, Psalm uh, chapter 100, in verse number 1, you find the name of the Lord. In verse number 2, you find the name of the Lord. In verse number 3, you find the name of the Lord. In verse number 4, it says, Enter into His gates with thanksgiving. And then in verse number 5, you have the name of the Lord that you find there. The basis of the thanksgiving, of our thanksgiving, is in fact the Lord. Alex Haley, the author of Roots, uh, the, the book Roots, um, had an unusual picture hanging on his office wall. It was a picture of a turtle on the top of a fence post. And someone asked him, why is that there? Um, I've always liked this, the, just hearing what he said. He said, every time that I write something significant, every time I read my words and I think that they're wonderful and begin to feel proud of myself, I look at the turtle on the top of the fence and I remember that he didn't get there by himself. He had help. I think that that is the basis of thankfulness. To remember that we got here with the help of our God and that he is, in fact, the provider of every blessing that we have. As we look more carefully at this psalm, I, we find that there's a series of commands that are given throughout this psalm. And, and the first one we find is in verse 1. And the first command there is, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Shout for joy. It, it really means to shout with force. The force of actually of a trumpet blast. It's a, it's a shout of joy to the Lord that comes from the very from the very depths of your being. And, you know, maybe God solved some problems in your life or maybe He's given you some direction to go or maybe He's provided some sort of a blessing and you realize that all of that come from God. And so from the very depths of your being, you begin to proclaim praise to Him. There's a story of a medical missionary who served in India for many years. Uh, he served in a region where there was progressive blindness and so people were born with, with healthy vision, actually, but, but there was something in that area that caused people to lose their sight as they, as they matured. But this missionary, he developed a process that would prevent progressive blindness. And so people came to him, and he performed the operation, and, and they would leave realizing that they would have become blind, but now that they would be able to see for the rest of their lives. And he said, he said that they never said thank you because that phrase was not in their dialect. Instead, they spoke a word that meant, I will tell your name. Wherever they went, they would tell the name of the missionary who had cured their blindness. They had received something so wonderful that they were so eager to share it Kind of, kind of reminds you of the woman at the well, remember, in, in John chapter 4? But see, that's what the psalmist is saying. All of a sudden, you just realize that, that God has been so good that you just can't keep it inside anymore. And so from the depths of your being, you shout for joy unto the Lord. The second command is worship the Lord with gladness. Worship Him with gladness. Actually, most translations say serve the Lord with gladness. And, and really, when we serve... When we serve God, we are worshiping Him. But I want you to notice something. It doesn't say serve the church. 
It doesn't say serve the pastor. It doesn't say serve the, 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 the leaders or the organization. It says serve the Lord or worship the Lord. And the Bible says that if we feed the hungry, if we clothe the naked, if we do the work of the Lord, whatever it might be, that we are actually serving the Lord. Jesus said, for as much as you have done unto me, or as much as you have done unto the least of these, you have done it unto me. And I'm not sure that we grasp that. Maybe we serve at times. Maybe it's sometimes, sometimes we serve out of obligation. I've done that. Have any of us done that? We, maybe, we serve out of, maybe we serve out of fear of, uh, uh, or, uh, of or a guilty conscience, maybe, uh, if, you know, if we don't serve. Uh, or maybe we, even because we, maybe we want to draw attention to ourselves. Look what I did. It's, I think it's national, natural for us to want to be appreciated when we do something that's worthwhile. But the psalmist says, whatever you do, serve the Lord with gladness. The third command is come before him with joyful songs. Actually, um, I'm reminded of the King James Version of that because I think I memorized that when I was about, I don't know how old, 10 or 11, something like that. Uh, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. That's something I can do, right? Uh, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. I like that. Have you noticed, though, that in those first three commands, God has said, I want you to have joy, gladness, sing with joyful songs. I want you to have joy. Shout with joy, serve with gladness, come with joyful songs. Um, so what I want you to do is I want you to turn to the person next to you and just take a moment to look on both sides of you and everything else and look at the faces of everyone here and, and look at the people around you. Do they look like they have joy? Huh? They do now, huh? <laughs> or maybe they're just sitting with scowls on their face, right? Uh, well, we've talked about that before. We talked about it in the John series that, that joy is not necessarily happiness. So maybe that even though that we're looking. Um, anyway, you got the point. The psalmist says, though, he says, come before him, uh, come before him and serve him um, and sing his praise with joy in your heart. Command number four. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. God took every bone, He took every joint, and He welded them together with sinews and muscles and covered them with skin, and He gave us eyes that can see and brains that can think and, and fingers that can pick things up. God made us. He made us inside and out. He made you the way that He wanted you to be, and He made me the way He wanted me to be. And that's a mystery, isn't it? I, I don't understand why, but somehow God in His providence decided that, that He wanted to make a medium-sized man, um, not too bad looking, actually, um, not outstanding in anything, but just a, a faithful husband who would keep uh, plodding along, and so He made me. And someplace along the way, He had you in mind, so He made you, and and... But here, don't miss this. He's still making us, isn't he? That's really important for us to understand. He's not satisfied with the unfinished product. He's not satisfied with your temper. He's not satisfied with, with the, the weak areas of your life where you give in to temptation. And so he's still making us. He's still working on our lives. 
God is your maker and God uh, created you in his image and therefore we give thanks for who we are. And then he says, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. You know, the interesting thing is that most of us want to be shepherds, I think. Right? Say, ah, uh, that's right. Yeah. Dave? I, I think most of us want to be shepherds. Um, the problem is, uh, well, it's just not fun being sheep, I guess. But the problem, I think, is, is that we don't know where the still waters and the green pastures are. And every time that we go out searching for them, we inevitably end up lost. That's what Isaiah said. He said, we all like sheep have gone astray. And the psalmist is saying this, you be the sheep. Let the Lord be the shepherd, and he will lead you beside the still waters in the green pasture. Just let God lead. And then there's command number five, and it's this. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. In the Old Testament, the temple, the actual temple was the, sim was the symbol of the very presence of God himself. And so whenever the people would enter into the temple or they come to the temple, when they entered into those courtyards, they knew that they had come into the very presence of God. Now, we know that that temple no longer exists. But oftentimes, the place where we meet to worship God is sometimes called the sanctuary, right? Indicating that God is there. Well, we don't want to limit God to a building. In fact, truthfully saying, uh, truthfully, the Bible says that when we come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, when we accept Him as Lord and Savior of our lives, that then God comes to dwell in us. That's actually a more accurate picture than a building, right? We understand that, right? Um, and that's what the Bible means when it says that the Christian's body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. God comes to dwell inside of our lives. And we sing the song, it says, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. That's the song we've sing. Some of you know that song. And um, Our bodies actually become dwelling places for God. And what that means is that God is with us, every single one of us, everywhere we go, whether we're at the grocery store, whether we're over at our neighbor's house, whether we're, we're driving along the highway, when we're at work, when we're out in a hunting stand, it doesn't matter. Um, he is with us every moment of our lives, helping us to make those decisions that we need to make through, the, through the, uh, the guidance of His Holy Spirit. That is the source of our thanksgiving, isn't it? But I'm worried. What if God began to treat us like we so often treat Him? What if God met our needs to the same extent that we give Him our lives? What if we never saw another flower bloom because we grumbled when God sent rain? What if God stopped loving and caring for us because we failed to love and care for others? What if God took away His message because we wouldn't listen to His messenger? 
What if he wouldn't bless us today because we didn't thank him yesterday? What if God answered our prayers the way we answer his call for service? What if God decided to stop leading us tomorrow because we didn't follow him today? Look across the page to Psalm chapter 103, verse 10. And notice what it says. Here's what it says. It says, God does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. And so my prayer is this as we close. Lord, help us to be thankful that you don't treat us as our sins truly deserve. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we are thankful to you. And, and God, I think that it's an area that we need help in. Uh, help us to, to not take for granted the things that we have and the things that we, um, um, not just material possessions, but the things that you have granted to us uh, um, through Jesus Christ especially. And uh, thank you for that relationship we have with you. And I pray that, that we would move on from here, not only just being a blessed people, but also a thankful people. Uh, I just uh, pray for each and every family here as they uh, spend uh, Thanksgiving with their families that in the midst of all of that uh, celebration that they would remember you. And I pray this in Jesus' name.